Hey, everybody. This is Donnie. I'm currently editing the podcast, and I just wanted to put this at the beginning of the episode kind of as a disclaimer. We had a very special guest, Avery Benter, on this past episode, and there were a few moments where we would kind of individually just ask to be off podcast because we were just catching up, and maybe one of us wanted to share something that didn't really necessarily need to be in the podcast. So there was a lot of cutting and splicing to accommodate for that. Also, we had some issues with Zoom. Apparently, when you have more than two people in a Zoom meeting, you have a 40-minute time limit. So there's a couple times where the recording cut off and we had to hop back on. So that's all cut and spliced together. Hopefully, you won't notice it. The biggest one is at the very, very end of the episode. it just abruptly cuts off and the audio is still there. Like everybody's individual audio is still there, but we're no longer able to hear each other. So you will notice it at the very end of the episode. Uh, Also, I just wanted to say right off the top of the bat, if you want to write us in and talk to us or give us ideas of stuff to talk about, because Pudge and I are fresh out, you can email us at myfriendpod at gmail.com, M-Y-F-R-I-E-N-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. We actually really would love to hear from you guys, uh, especially if you're from Fiji. We've been getting a lot of new listeners from there, and we would really love to hear from you guys. Um, But yeah, I'm going to shut up. Enjoy this podcast with very special guest, Avery Benter. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest Laughing back and forth at what the other has to say Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day Welcome to the podcast, You're My Friend and I Miss You. Miss on you. wherever you're trying to get Miss the podcast. You. Miss you. Welcome to our guest, Avery Benter. You've heard him talking this whole time. Hello. <laughs> oh, that was, we were on that whole time. Yeah, we're on <laughs> this whole time. I'm going to start it like forever ago. Probably, <laughs> they'll probably get the whole conversation of us syncing audio. Good. <laughs> Avery That's is awesome. my blood cl- cousin. 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 <laughs> my cousin. <laughs> my cousin. Long time listener, first time caller. We were talking already. Are you in the? Are you in a house? Your house, right? Uh, yeah, I'm in my my attic slash studio. Do you guys own or rent? Rent. I don't from know. Rent. her aunt and uncle. So it's oh, perfect. Pretty nifty. Nice nifty rent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have a rental that you can you can like do what you want to it. That's pretty nifty. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. <laughs> it's okay. We uh, we own our house, and like the very first thing I did was just hammer a nail into the wall because I <laughs> nice. Could. But now <laughs> the first dollar you made. <laughs> but now I've started uh, keeping track of my height on our <laughs> on our door frame, <laughs> and we we have friends over, and now all my friends have their heights on our door frame as well. I'm stealing that because that's amazing. I love that, <laughs> but. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I that was another thing that I did like almost immediately after entering the house was I measured myself and 
wrote the date and stuff. And then recently I had some more friends add their height. So they, I measured myself again. I shrunk an inch. <laughs> You're at that stage of life. <laughs> I'm at oh, that no. stage of life where I'm shrinking or I cheated the first time. Bought a house and immediately started shrinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's just the pressure of owning a home. Yeah. That's the stress. <laughs> I, have you ever heard the thing that firefighters in their careers will shrink like a couple inches because of all the weight that they typically have strapped to their back. I've never so heard their that. like spines will. Yeah, I, I, this is. I only know that because I shot a video for a technical <laughs> high school, and they they had a fire for, fighting course, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm going to be a couple of inches shorter by the time I retire." I'm like that's that's <laughs> awful. Like because you're going to feel is, terrible after that. <laughs> is that like a guaranteed thing that you will shrink? I don't know if it's guaranteed, but it's common because of. I don't. I hope that they didn't just like, you know what? I I'm gonna stop now. Because <laughs> <laughs> as as I speak, I feel like I have been hoodwinked. <laughs> Gosh, dang it! I don't know if you knew this too, but astronauts actually grow several inches by the time they come back down because of no gravity. So their spine. Because Neil Armstrong was like eight foot nine by the time. <laughs> yeah, he was eight foot nine. Got back. <laughs> also, my dog is just sniffing the door, <laughs> trying to get out. Oh, he probably smells like ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs are dogs are attuned. times I listened to the podcast that you guys did about wrestling and Donnie made like a sex joke about Jordan and Allie and you guys laughed for like three minutes and I just kept re-watching, re-listening to it. But that was like 30 minutes in and there was like content beforehand. Oh. This, this new iteration of the podcast, this is the content. It's just yeah. news. You start and you get to the wheeze and then you hold it as long as you can and then you say, all right, thanks for listening. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm sweaty. Yeah. Have you been listening to the to the new iteration of the podcast, Avery? I don't know if you noticed, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I was really trying to, but then I went to Spotify and I searched it more than once and was like, I guess it's just not on here. And then I would go to like SoundCloud and I was like, I guess it's also just not on here. And uh, so no. (laughs) It probably also doesn't help that we have zero social media presence as far as I know. (laughs) We have an Instagram that I'll post stories to. Oh, do we? But I never post links or anything. Just like, hey, there's a podcast episode out. Find it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
yeah, it begins the uh, the scavenger hunt that is like find the content. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say um, two things about that. One in the first episode, I think first or second, Pudge wheezes for the longest he's ever wheezed. I think it, I timed it at like three minutes of just <laughs> wow, and he almost made himself throw up. I forget what the context was, <laughs> but it was great. That's and amazing. Two, since you haven't been listening, I don't know if you know this, but we are the number 15 podcast in Fiji. Wow. Like the yeah. water or the country? The country. Oh, okay. Specifically, <laughs> specifically the city of Suva really loves us. Nice. You guys yeah. doing a little micro tour out there? Uh, we want to. Uh, mm-hmm. They have to fund it though. That's fair. So we're just that's waiting only, on that. That's only fair. But I had a, yeah. a man named Oscar email me and tell me that we're the number 15 podcast in Fiji. So That's awesome. <laughs> it seems legit. Have you been pushing for Fiji? or uh, We just mention them all the time now. Yeah. The Fijians. Uh, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> yeah. We don't know what... Uh, Vaginans? F- nope. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't it. That's all I know. <laughs> Yeah, we're not sure what they're called, and we don't ever look anything up, so. Yeah, you shouldn't. Like, I'm not going to look up the fireman thing, but I am, because I am self-conscious now. (laughs) I think you should just go through life assuming that they do indeed shrink. Yeah, and then every every time I see a short firefighter, I'm like, thank you for your service. (laughs) Just a a short person. (laughs) Every time I look in the mirror. (laughs) Thank you for your service. (laughs) Thank you for your service. That's awesome. Did you guys see the... uh, So, you know how North Korea always launches like missiles and stuff? Did you see the the montage that they filmed for that? That was the most like 2011 YouTube video that I've ever seen. It was like a really bad Top Gun knockoff kind of feel. Yeah. Have you seen this, Avery? No. Oh, I feel Did like somebody you... make it as like a joke? No, North Korea North produced real. <laughs> oh. And, and it, lo- it looks like it was shot on like an early, early, early iPhone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's awesome. their production quality. But it, Awesome. It starts with like a hangar bay opening. And is it Un or Il? Whoever is in charge right now. Oh, Kimmy. Kim something. Him and like two military generals, whatever, on either side of him. They're walking out of this hangar. There's a massive missile behind them. In like slow mo. Like, yeah, like a slow mo <laughs> walk. And then for some reason, they all check their watches. <laughs> There's like a long montage of like cut back, fast cuts back and forth between them all looking at their watch. <laughs> and then somebody gives like a thumbs up, and then the missile starts to come out of the hangar bay. Oh, <laughs> is it missile time yet? <laughs> <laughs> I love that they had to like no not yet. Right. Okay, now mm-hmm. you can break it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although there's like a zoom they, cut of a hand. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> we said no missiles until 11:30. Eat your greens. They did have a I'll give them props, which I shouldn't. But they had a sweet drone shot of like over top of the missile launch and the missile comes like right by it. Mm. 
Where's the missile going? <laughs> the sea, I think. Up, up. Eventually, <laughs> probably up, yes. down. That's yeah. fair. They're just they're getting <laughs> slightly larger arcs every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like at least twice a week I hear something about North Korea launched a missile into the sea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's never, the problem with climate change is there's just a bunch of North Korean missiles just expelling whatever is inside <laughs> into the ocean. <laughs> Podge, what's new with you? Um, building a camper truck. We got a, a normal truck with a cap on it. And mm. so we're building out the bed with like a bed platform, storage, and stuff like that to take it camping. Eventually, oh. up to Maine and stuff like that. But wow, um, yeah. Uh, since we probably spoke, I had a new job. Probably, yeah. Um, Doing what? Customer service for for a company that makes like lighting towers. Super interesting for a podcast, right? Um, <clears throat> it, pneumatic masts, so. You put air in it and the tower comes up and you can put whatever you want on top. Um, what? Yeah. We do like military stuff and police and fire. That's wild. Dang. So that that's literally pretty much all that is new with me. Um, what do you do, Avery? Let, let the, the fine depends on the day. Tahitians know. <laughs> I in July last year I went freelance in the film industry and so since then just kind of picking up gigs there's a there's a pretty good uh, community in Cincinnati of uh, DPs and uh, kind of production houses and stuff like that and then we've had like three features in town over the last year I worked on one of them called Monica um, and I did like three days of it. And then I was like, I don't think I need to work in movies because <laughs> it's, it's really cool. But as a PA production assistant, which is, um, your kind of your job changes depending on the day, like what basically anything that needs to happen on the day of, whether it's like, we need someone to run and get stuff. We need someone to change walkie batteries. We need someone to organize the extras or whatever. That's what PAs do. <clears throat> and for productions, there's often like a set group of them that are there for the whole production. And then you'll have day players, which is what I did, where it's like, we need someone for this day and you come in and do it. And there's a huge, like a, a super tight community if you're on the whole production. But I was on a few days and I was like, kind of just the guy no one knew. <laughs> and, uh, and it can be really hard work. Like I admire the heck out of people that do it. But I was like, I think I, these local jobs, you'll, you might have, the title of one thing, but there's opportunities to do a ton of stuff. So it's like a lot more collaborative and fun because you're like, I might be doing a, like typically what I do is grip work. So uh, you'll get there and the director of photography will be like, I need this light there. I need this light there. And then you're setting up stands and frames and setting up all the lights and stuff like that. So it's sweet, but I am um, in that have realized one thing, the one thing I love about this is getting we're getting into a can of worms. So here you go. Um, <clears throat> the thing about being freelance is one, it's awesome to like have control over your, what you do and your schedule and how you like 
like when there's jobs to do, it's awesome. When there's not jobs to do, it's hard. But also like, uh, which I mean, I've been very, very lucky because since I quit, like, or since I went freelance, a lot of people during the pandemic, like during quarantine, moved to Atlanta because there was a lot more work there. And so local jobs opened up a lot. And so when I quit, I was like, from the week that I went freelance, I was like working every week until like January. And January slowed down a little bit and now we're picking up again. But um, when you're doing all this stuff, it's really easy to feel aimless. Like, because you'll have some people that are like the career people that are like, I got on set and I saw the thing I wanted to do. And so I put all of my energy into that one thing and now I'm really good at it. Whereas I've always kind of been the kind of person that's like, I love doing film stuff. I love doing music and I love helping assist my wife with her event planning stuff as much as I can. So it's like finding the one thing and just being like, I'll give up everything to do that one thing is so foreign to me. And so right now I'm trying to figure out if sync licensing is like a potential option, like selling music to things like Musicbed and video services that like you can go and get songs and um download them and stuff like that but so the last like two weeks have been me like reconsidering purpose (laughs) and being like how can i also do music while doing this film stuff but it's a uphill walk for sure (laughs) i 100 percent feel everything that you just said towards freelancing i've been freelancing for four years now I think yeah and at least in my industry it seems to be feast or famine with the work Mm -hmm. so it's either I'm busy beyond what I can handle or I have absolutely nothing for like two weeks or longer and it's it kind of evens out like the workload to non-workload but I'm very thankful that my wife is working because if mm-hmm. it wasn't for that, then it would be pretty rough. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's the thing is too, like a lot of freelancers, if they're the single ones, like if you're single, like it, it's so much easier to spend like months on a movie set and like mm. that's the life. Whereas for right. me, it's like I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to give up time with my wife and and stuff just for the career. Like, um, so finding a way to balance, like how can I. Like I keep the the way I always put it is like so Shelby is is currently she's managing a coffee shop and then also managing their co-working and event space that they like they bought a house next door and they've converted it into a co-working space and an event space and she's been doing that while also um, planning her own events like she did this New Year's event called the Shift that was like it was her and her friend Elise and our friend Elise I don't know why I said hers but uh, they did this thing it was like three bands and two artists painting murals and like smart lights and awesome like digico front of house because our friend is psycho and is like a 21 year he's older than 21 but like during the pandemic he bought a bunch of liquidated audio and lighting equipment and started a company (laughs) and is crushing it and so he like came in and brought all his stuff and then we had dj e-train which is like a pretty big local dj like he does stuff for the reds and the Bengals all the time and uh like it was awesome. Like we had, I think, I want to say like 130 people, something like that. Um, so it really started the fire where she was like, "Okay, I, I've always wanted to do this, but now I like I realize that we're capable of doing it." Mm. 
And so for me, I got to like help promote with video. I got to like make the, I did um, animation stuff for the, all the bands, like just did like little animated uh, title card things for the screen while they were playing. And then the countdown for New Year's Eve, which was really fun. And so it's like, I feel like I'm building a toolkit to kind of like supplement whatever that will be. But nice. making making event planning make money is, I don't, we don't know how people do it. Because <laughs> it's a lot of like, yeah, we'll help you. Like she's helping some people plan events right now that are really exciting. But it's like, I'll help you do that. I'll kind of match your investment on it. How can I guarantee that I will get my money back and also make money rather than just like mm. constantly draining accounts to make things happen that are awesome, but it's not really lucrative. So where is money coming in it with those events? Is it sponsors or is it door? Where's like the main money? Yeah, we, we took a loss on the first one just because it was the first thing that we'd ever done. So, uh, we, we did like ticket sales and then, um, there was alcohol sales. So we did like, we got a bunch of the alcohol sponsored and then we, we tried to get sponsors, but like the, the event we started playing, like she started planning it pretty late in the year. And so a lot of the sponsors that were like, we reached out to were like, we would have loved to be a part of this if we knew in like May in an ideal world, I think you can find food sponsors, alcohol sponsors, um, sponsors for like like our stage was sponsored so we didn't pay for the stage or the bar um a decent amount of alcohol was sponsored the rest of it was wholesale and then um I'm trying to think what else the the venue wasn't like free but it was significantly discounted because they were excited about the idea so in an ideal world like you can find people to cover those things so you're not putting in the multiple thousand dollars on a huge event and stuff um but yeah so it was it's really cool because like she was even saying uh shelby had a couple meetings about events and people were like i wasn't going to do this i didn't think i could and then i saw that you guys did it and now i feel like i probably can at least give it a shot but i want your help mm -hmm. so that's like literally it was cool it was like you already have the the clout of someone who like <clears throat> has one under their belt so so yeah it's cool it's like things are sort of moving in that direction for her household. She's got some really awesome dreams and ideas for events and uh that's awesome, man. That's cool. I'm really, yeah. really happy to see you guys thriving. On our way to thriving. It definitely thriving, doesn't feel like thriving right now. <laughs> I see I, it I, as, I see it, it as you're on an upward trajectory. Towards, that's fair. Towards thrive. And it might yeah, feel like you're walking uphill. Uh -huh. Uh huh. Mm. Uh huh. But when you look back, there would be three footprints in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> Going three, up the hill. <laughs> three sets or three feet? Three feet. <laughs> Are you still uh, mixing like audiobook stuff? Yep. That's still what I'm that's, doing. Um, that's awesome. I've been like really trying to exit freelancing. Um, I just want stability, but I'm also like, I'm, tr I told Pudge on the last episode that like, I'm trying to be very like in the moment focused 
because with my anxiety, like I feel like I'm being pulled to the past and the future at the same time. Like I'm mm. reminiscing about past things and then I'm worrying about stuff in the future. So it's very hard for me to be appreciative of the moment that I'm currently in. So I'm trying to be appreciative of that. Like I do have like so much flexibility with my schedule. Like I frequently go and get coffee with people and it'll turn into like a two or three hour thing where like I'm sitting down and just talking with them for two or three hours. And I have the flexibility to do that as long as I meet my project deadlines. Right. Nobody cares. So I do like that, but I just, I would like some flexibility and to feel valued as an employee. Cause that's a big thing that I have no sort of, no sense of value as yeah. a freelancer. Yeah. So, there's no point of feedback or anything like that. Right. Especially so, remote, like what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, my the one company that I work for or have been working for the longest, I talked to my boss, just my project lead, the, the guy that sends me all the projects. I talked to him on the phone when he hired me on and I've not talked to him in three years, like personally. Oh my gosh. It's all been email <laughs> communication. That's wild. Yeah. Thing. Well, I mean, I guess that means you're doing a good job though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like he's a super hands-off person, which I guess means that I am doing good because he's just like, hey, here's a project. And then I do it and I turn it in. He's like, thanks. Invoice me. Dang. That's really cool. Yeah. Hmm. But this other company that I, I just started working for a new company called Scribe and they are very like, we're all a family here. And they try to be like that even with their freelancers. So Ooh. they use Slack for communication. And there's like a hangout Slack for all the freelancers. I never use it. Because <laughs> what's the point? Yeah. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> That's the the blessing and the curse of the the anxious introvert is like, I need community and I need yeah. security. But I also don't really want to interact with strangers and mm -hmm. I don't really want to, you know, like, like when I, when I first went freelance, <clears throat> if I wasn't working, I was getting coffee with someone that was and like, just like go and be like, what's, what is all this? And, uh, and it was really good. But now like today where I have like steady work and stuff, I'm like, who was that? Who did all that? Because <laughs> like, that is so not me. Like to just be like, hey, I just want to know what you do. And like, like I wasn't trying to get work. I was just trying to learn stuff. But I'm like, who, who was that guy? <laughs> Which I'm glad it happened. But it, it, it now I think in this season would take a lot for me to be back in that headspace of like, and I mean, that's just the nature of falling into a routine, just being like, oh, now I'll put myself out there again. I mean, you're putting yourself out there every day, but mm. yeah. yeah, it's it's a blessing and a curse for sure. I think I've had a knot in my stomach for like the past month of just anxiety, just like mm. general anxiety, because I'm in all these different groups at church, like meeting with people and stuff. And then I'm also like personally seeking out relationships with people like, hey, let's mm -hmm. go get coffee and like have really, really deep conversation. I don't like small talk. So mm -hmm. like I'll just like sit down <clears throat> at the table for coffee and be like, blah, something deep. Mm -hmm. And I think because I'm building all these relationships, it's so foreign to me because like high school to like three years ago, two years ago, 
I was such a recluse. Like I would never talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. I would, and if I wasn't working, I would just be at home doing nothing or doing an activity that like my motorcycle where I don't have to talk to anybody and I can't talk mm -hmm. to anybody. So this level of interaction that I'm currently in this season of life is beyond anything that I've ever done. So doing that has just caused like a, a general base anxiety that I'm trying to work through. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's yeah. a season that I'm in. Yeah. Well, the cool part about that season is like that anxiety in investing in relationships, I feel like generally turns around to people understanding like, like if you're building actual genuine relationships, they're going to get to know you and they're going to get to know that anxiety and they're going to be able mm -hmm. to understand and navigate it in a way that like, like I'm just understanding this in the last like six months. Like the people that we're surrounded with are not the people that I expected, but that's awesome. Like, like just genuinely like the community that we're in is really, really awesome. Uh, but I never thought that I could just like, like two days ago, Shelby had a couple people over and they're both of our friends, but like I was upstairs and like this week was probably the hardest I've been hit with depression in like the, the recent five years. Like I, I, I don't remember getting hit that hard for a long time and I don't, I don't know what caused it other than potentially just weather changes and stuff. But like, Sometimes nothing causes it. That's just part of it. But um, I was upstairs. Yeah, I was like, I got off of a, I think I got off of a shoot that day. I can't remember if I worked that day or not. I think I did. And I was on my way home and Shelby was um, around the corner at a brewery with these two friends. And I was like, I'm, I'm actually going to go straight home. I think I'm going to just record for a little bit. And so I came upstairs and like recorded and I, I had my speakers like blasting because I was like really feeling this, um, soundscape thing that I was working on and they got here and Shelby came up and she's like just so you know they're here you can come down and say hi if you want to but no pressure and I was like I came downstairs and I said hi to them and like I wanted to see them but they were both like hey by the way also like feel no pressure to be down here like sounds like you're doing something don't worry about it like go be in that and take advantage of like what you're doing and so I was like okay like I guess the the difference is like having friends that like you have friends that when you're when you're together, it's like, okay, we kind of have to be on all the time and we have to entertain mm. and we have to like, but like I have, I have craved and realized recently that I craved friends that are just here, you know, like you know them and they know you well enough to know like the quirks and the environment that you're in. So it's like, like we'll just sit around and like, maybe play a board game. If not, like we're just chilling, but it's just like being around people. And then you'll have days where you're having really deep conversations and talking about existentialism and <laughs> what is life and things. But like the trade-off of like some days it's that sometimes you go really deep together. Other days they just understand that all you need is to sit in a room and be quiet, I guess. Is it almost like, um, <clears throat> cause I never really thought about it till you put it very well just now that like, yes, that's, that's what I crave. But as mm. adults, it's almost so foreign. But as you were talking about that, I was thinking back to like um, friends I had in high school or middle school. Mm -hmm. And that they just kind of came over. You might have watched a movie, maybe not. I mean, mm -hmm. you didn't really do anything. You were right. just with them. And you were so close that like you were talking about, like they just kind of know your quirks and personalities. But... I feel like as an adult, you're almost conditioned 
that you're not supposed to be like that outside of like who you're married to. Yeah. You know? But, so, but the, I mean, also like the, the difference is like you and your, you and your spouse, like both need that too. Like, mm-hmm. and not just like, cause I think that the trade off then becomes like, well, she has her friends and you have her, your friends. And they're like the friends that like, when things are going on between you, you, they can talk to them. And it's like, no, not really. Like, it's more so like if you both have a solid community of people, you both can confide in them. And like, and like I think a lot of the time I hear that, I mean, this is probably from because of post-church stuff, but like it's almost always in the context of like you and your spouse having hardships, who are you going to confide in? And it's like, mm-hmm. we can't, we don't have very many hardships between one another. Like that's kind of why we got married. Like mm-hmm. we just really love being with each other. And so it's like, we both were passionate about having people in our house and like just having a space where people felt welcomed in communities and at tables that they didn't think they belonged in because we felt that way for so long and still feel that way for so long where you're like, I mean, social media is a huge proponent of this, especially in a creative world where you see a bunch of people doing something really cool and it's like, how did they get there? I definitely don't deserve to be there like they are. And then the minute you surround yourself with people that are genuine and kind and like, I don't know, real friends or even people that you're investing in to be friends, like you realize that those tables that you're seeing that are like, that seem so important are literally the ones that you are at. Like the one that you're at is just as important as the one that you see on social media. The person across the table from you is just as important at the, as this quote unquote successful person that you're seeing on social media. And so like what you were saying, Donnie, like just appreciating the right now is also very hard for me. And I think that that's partially... It's partially a freelance thing, but it's also partially just like a like a curse that creatives have where it's like, well, by this time I should have this level of like understanding of what I'm doing or success or mm-hmm. I should have climbed this ladder. And so we like I miss so often until I look back at things. I miss how cool a, an experience was or like I recently was like just like what if I told like 13 year old me what I get to do every once in a while like not all the time like there's some days where I'm like I'm just here trying to make something work but like then there's sometimes where you're in a studio with someone and you're just like if I told 13 year old me that I was hanging out with Mike Mains from Mike Mains in the branches like he would freak out <laughs> like, you know what I mean like there's yeah. just there's stuff that's like I don't appreciate it until it's over and then you look back and you're like man if I was just present And not worried about getting home or whatever. I don't know. Especially too in the creative industry, whether working with talent, like actors and actresses or musicians. I've noticed a lot in the music industry, people getting really starstruck and everything is an opportunity for networking when Mm. it really shouldn't be. Like Mm -hmm. I've, and I've been, guilty of that too or like I've met somebody and (coughs) had a recording session with them or something somebody that was more advanced in their career than me and the entire time in my mind I'm thinking how can I like position myself and how can I act that they're going to want to work with me again or like we're going to hit it off and that'll lead to something and that'll lead to the next thing where if I would have just relaxed and just enjoyed myself and had a good time and realized that really it doesn't matter how I posture myself 
Mm -hmm. Like I would have, it would have been so much more beneficial. And that goes like across the board for everything of like what you want to get out of relationships and not trying to get something out of it, but just being in the relationship. Yeah. Plus that's the version of you that they're going to want to hang out with in the long run. Right. Like if you are, and that's funny because like even being in the studio with Mike, like he, he, there was a couple days working with different musicians and you're like, these just feel like the people that I play music with at home but they're in Nashville and they're doing it like full time. And then after that, like, I'm like, they're great musicians, but they like, I don't know. There's a drummer that I work with all the time. One of my best friends is amazing. And so we got to work with a drummer on a record and they played their skill levels very similar, but their lives, like one of them is in Nashville. One of them is in Cincinnati working in churches. One of them is Nashville as a like touring and studio musician. But the guy that I worked in the churches I know is like an insanely talented drummer, like my go-to whenever I need anything because he's amazing. And so I was like, I, I was like, okay, so Nashville in my head was this like, people are just amazing, like so much better than any musicians I've ever met. And then I hang out with them. And I'm like, oh, I can actually hang with these guys. But the difference is like, Mike was like, I love working with people that are a good hang. Mm. He's like, you might not even be that like, spectacular obviously i want you to bring something to the table but like if you're a good hang i'm gonna invite you back because that's <laughs> what i want is like i want to be surrounded by good people so the product is inherently going to be better because we're having more fun and like just like if you can if you can connect with someone and if someone's being genuine like you'll have a, a much much better time creating a project together i guess if you connect as people, you're probably going to connect creatively a lot more easily. Yeah. Rather uh, than just like, oh, how can I bring my best things here? And how are they going to bring their best things? And then we just shake hands and go on our ways. <laughs> yeah. I had pretty severe anxiety before playing at my church down here for the first time. Being that we're like basically in Nashville, like I had like this complex thing of like, I'm not good enough to be playing with these people. And then now, after playing with them for as long as I have been, it's like I've gotten way better because they are better than me. So mm. playing with people that are beyond my skill set has been great. But also just how I was welcomed in to yeah. that group of musicians was really, really inspiring of like just the encouragement that I got and the advice that I've gotten. And we don't have to go down on this tangent, but just like, how you're thinking as a musician playing with other musicians and thinking musically, like the conversations that I've had about that have been astronomical. And I've noticed a huge difference between the musicians that I've played with in Ohio versus the musicians that I've played with down here. Um, it seems like, not you, Jordan, not you. <laughs> you're excluded from this. I'm sorry. You're excluded. Unfortunately, from this. this is an audio medium, but Jordan was quite offended when he, he was heard quite offended. But not Jordan. You are excluded. <laughs> I should have. Avery, I feel so like sorry. you're in this group too. I am in this, Avery, and I excluded as well. With the exclusion, of oh, I, was gonna, I was about to compliment you as a drummer and talk <laughs> no, no, about no, no, how no. freaking awesome you are. But you two no, are excluded, fine. and there's also people like, um, like what I'm about to say down here in Nashville as well. But I've just noticed that certain musicians, when they play, they're just playing their part. It's like this is my. I'm the bassist, and this is the part that I'm playing. Or I'm the I'm the guitar player, and this is the part that I'm playing. And down here. I've beyond anything that I've experienced and all my time in Pittsburgh working in studios as well. It's so like, what are you playing? And I'm going to base mm. my playing off that. Mm -hmm. 
and really servicing the band as a whole or the song as a whole. That mm. I think is the, the, the test of a true, like really tremendous musician of somebody that can shred, but doesn't. And then just chooses mm. moments to pepper in something a little saucy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like in service of the greater thing. Yeah. Yes. Like that opportunity isn't for you to show off what you can do. It's actually to service what everyone is doing to create this one thing. Yeah. Which I love. I don't know if you guys listen to the strokes, but if anyone from Cincinnati hears this podcast, they're gonna groan when I say this. Because <laughs> I I'm borderline obsessed with the strokes. But partially because especially the way that their guitarists write, it's like they leave they only play in each other's absence. Mm. Or they play like so their parts are so separated from one another that it blends so well. So I like you watch them play and they look like they don't give a crap about what they're doing. <laughs> like they just kind of like just like doing their thing. But uh and because this is an audio medium, you're just gonna hear the ruffling of my shirt <laughs> in silence. Avery, Avery um, is, I pretended to play the guitar. More like um, a little tiny <laughs> he was like a little ukulele. Yeah, a little tiny guitar. But uh they have some songs that like if you listen to them it's it feels very intentional because it's like the parts are like weaved together like and in in a way that like changed the way that i write music because i was like well i want i want when i'm playing a live show it's not just a lo- like a wall of sound i want it to mm-hmm. be like so intentional and like when the guitarists that i bring on to play with me play i want them to be excited to learn the parts because they like they aren't just playing their parts. They're playing theirs and the other person's part, and they're having to pay attention to where those stops and stuff are, which I don't always do because it's hard to always write that way, but I at least feel like that's the way that they write music, and it reminds me of like why playing music with people is so fun because it is like a... Like, especially if you're a bass player playing with a new drummer, or like not with a new drummer, but with a drummer, and like realizing where you click mm. with that person is like so fun, and then... Uh, just being able to interact and stuff on stage is like, oh, like you, when someone does something that surprises you, they didn't do it in rehearsal or something, and then they do it live. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but no, no, that stuff charges me up. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple <clears throat> bass players down here that I've become really good friends with just from playing with a lot. And like when we lock in with each other, it's just the, mm-hmm. the funnest thing when you look over. And it, Pudge, it makes me miss when we played bass. I was going to say, you guys are making me miss playing with a band so much. <laughs> like, oh, man. Some of miss- my best memories from early, like my early drumming experience, like when I first started playing, was when we were playing at our old church, Ripley, and I would mm-hmm. look over and see you just glaring at me because I had changed the kick pattern. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly. <laughs> Yeah, like, that sounds about right. It was like you never did the same thing twice. <laughs> <clears throat> you, do you feel the same way now, Donnie? Do you still do that? Um, I try to lock in to like a, a, a pretty solid groove, but rarely do I do like the same fill twice, like in a section. Oh, yeah. Just because yeah. I like to keep it that part of it fresh. But like the main like backbeat, I'll keep that solid now. I was going to say the last time we played together when it was around like 
and you had you had said like I kind of stopped drumming for a while and then I came back and just did rudiments and listened to Manchester Orchestra and Bad Books. <laughs> yeah. And then the way that you played, I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly what you did. <laughs> <laughs> and it rips. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, I had like an epiphany moment down here because like you were talking earlier about like identity mm. as a freelancer. I for a long time didn't know my identity as a musician and as a drummer. And then actually mm. my first set at my new church down here, the bass player that I was playing with, he looked at me after the set and was like, good pocket. You got good pocket. I was like, yes. I didn't realize that. Like, this is who I am as a drummer. I'm not flashy. I don't know rudiments very well. Like, mm. I'm not technical. I can't do jazz. I can't do metal. But I can provide a super deep backbeat pocket. And that's what I'm going to mm. focus on and be that type of drummer that just, if you want something stank facey, <laughs> that's the best kind of drummer do that for you heck yeah that's the drummer that you always want it's like oh cool they they do they do like create that environment for the rest of the musicians so well like what else could i ask for you know yeah that's awesome jordan when you come down to visit like tell me when you're gonna do it and, <laughs> and and we'll see if we can like i haven't played a show in like of my own for like uh, two years yeah but like i have two songs that i'm desperately trying to finish because someone asked me if i would play a show and i was like i want to but she wanted an hour and a half and i was like mm -hmm. i have 45 minutes of music mm -hmm. but then she was like she literally it was like a friend of a friend so like she found me like we had met before but she like reached out and she found instagram videos that i had made of songs that i had in progress that i never finished i just mm -hmm. like because that's what i do i'll write like two-thirds of a song and then never think about it again. Yeah. <laughs> but she literally went and found those Instagram videos and she's like, you should finish this one. You should finish this one. And I was like, hey, that was very cool. Okay. I tried it, still didn't do it. But <laughs> <laughs> but if you are ever like, hey, we're coming to visit, <clears throat> I can just send you stems and stuff to practice with and then we can try to make something happen. That would be fun. Because it would be really fun. <laughs> yeah, it would. Heck yeah. That would be awesome. Where? How far are you from Nashville? Remind me. Uh, if the traffic's good, like thirty minutes south. Okay. I'm not down there a ton, but like when I'm down there, I I want to see you. Yeah, Dude. I'm I'm bummed that we didn't meet up last time you were down here. Yeah, um, it was hard. I didn't have a I didn't have the mode of transportation. <laughs> gotcha. And I was kind of the I was being paid to be there for like a friend's record, so it was a little bit harder for me. Gotcha. To and you caught me on one of my busy weeks when I was. Mm -hmm when I was slammed with work. Um, before our time runs out, we have two minutes left before Zoom kicks us off. Mm -hmm. When it does, everybody keep recording and just like give me like 30 seconds or so of your opinion on opinion? humpback whales. Oh my gosh. And then I'll put, okay. I'll put everybody's opinion at the end. Got it. How how are we gonna close this thing out? Oh, we gotta do it with a song. Okay. And also and also a big thank you for being on the podcast. It was really oh, cool. thank you yes, for having me. I missed the heck out of you guys, and I hope that the listeners can forgive the fact that a lot of it was just me wanting to catch up with you guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're it's my okay. friends, and I miss you. Yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Harmonicas and G, right? Wait. Is that what you were just playing?
<laughs> You're the yeah, late change. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you get that and it, like if you actually rec- like take the audio track, I think we we're close. Oh no. Oh, we got cut off. <laughs> oh. oh. I'm very interested to see what Avery wanted us to do there. 30 second pains on humpback whales. And go, humpback whales, they are gigantic. Um, not to be confused with the sperm whale, even though both are sexual beings. Um, one just likes to hump. One just likes to sperm mate the ocean. Um, and I'm for sexual freedom and do what you want as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. So humpback whales, you do your thing and I am absolutely behind you. Just don't do your thing behind me. Uh, humpback whales. Uh, they're like the corks of the sea. I feel like they're very buoyant. Um, I don't know. I'm just getting big cork vibes from humpback whales. Um, majestic and krill-filled, algae-covered corks of the sea. Okay, yeah, I do have an opinion on humpback whales. My opinion is that humpback, oh, humpback, humpback whales are a little flashy. They could use a little bit of some humble pie because not only are they the biggest thing in the ocean that I can think of right now, um, so they not only have a complete monopoly on ocean size, like they just kings of the ocean. Um, but not only do they have that, they also make a huge deal of breaching the surface so we can see them. So it's kind of like, I feel like they're definitely kind of show-offs. Um, and they just need to leave some biomes to someone else. So that's my opinion on humpback whales. They are flashy um, and a little much for me. Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest, jumping fences, dodging trees, and trying to get away. Contemplating nothing but escaping, finally making it oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day.